does it feel to be 50? Coming apart at the seams. How does it feel to be 50? Laxatives in your dreams. How does it feel? How does it feel to be 50? The Feel Nuts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. But the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Hello, all you Theonaut heads. We are 50. Woohoo! And I don't feel a day over 33. <laughs> I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the, the Theonauts. We've said that 50 times. Yes, we have. Wow. Wow, it, and that's crazy that we're it's fifty fifty episodes in. Yeah, man, I didn't think we'd last in. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty awesome to think that we've done this for fifty, well, almost fifty consecutive weeks. Yeah, fifty is quasi. Yeah, quasi. Maybe like fifty five. Yeah. We're honest, but, <laughs> <laughs> but man, you remember back to that first episode when we were newbies? Uh, yeah, I tell you what. I tell you what, <laughs> go back, go back. I challenge you, listeners, dear listeners, to go back and listen to that first episode and count how many times I say, I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's hilarious. I tell you what. It's okay. It's, I, I still struggle with the thing is. The thing is. See, now everyone's going to be listening yeah. to the show and be like, oh, he said it again. <laughs> I always say the reality is. Oh, oh, is that what you're saying? Yeah. The reality is... Well, the thing is... See, I always say... <laughs> wow. So, anyways, congratulations. Happy 50th. Yes. i tell you what. Yeah, I hear fist bump across Woo! the... Woo! Yes. <laughs> I tried to make that loud by punching it a little harder, but Yeah, it wasn't loud. Uh, you'd hurt yourself. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Steal. <laughs> right? That's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, how you yeah. doing on your 50th? Oh, really good. Yeah? Yeah. We yeah. uh, we played games the other night. That was fun. Oh, that's right. We played uh, a little bit of uh, Catan, S- Settlers of Catan, and uh, Ticket to Ride. And you know what? I came like within five points of winning Ticket to Ride, and I thought I had won. <laughs> and then David's like, "Oh yeah, I got the longest train. Ten points. I win." <laughs> I was so frustrated. Oh, I went home. Just defeated. Yeah. Well, you won the Bible trivia here on the show. Oh, that's true. And more people got to hear that. That's right. Anyway. That's, that's true. So. <laughs> yeah, I do know more about the... No, I don't. Actually, that's a lie. But, uh... <laughs> <clears throat> no, go ahead. Go ahead. It may seem like I do right now, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling you're going to kick my butt later on. Yeah, so yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Oh, man. Let's <sighs> see. This weekend, I also... Um, I moved a big old stack of rocks. Oh, yeah? Yeah, from one place in my yard to another place in my yard. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? 
Monty Python's Holy Grail, that scene where, Kenneth, there's a lot love, of lovely <laughs> filth over there's here. There's a lovely filth over here. <laughs> Dennis. Oh, yeah, Dennis. <laughs> yes. Dennis. Old man. Old it's woman. like people were man. just in the background, like, doing things like beating cats against walls. Right. That's throwing great. mud around. See, and you're moving rocks. So, yeah, I was, it's, it's kind of like, uh, what is that with the guys? Uh, Sisyphus. Sisyphus. You know, the, the, yes. the, the guy in, in... Eternally rolling the rock up yes, the hill. Yes, in Hades. He's constantly having to push that rock up the hill. Yeah. You know, so here I was moving rocks from one place to another. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it all has to do with, I'm trying to, to fix my yard up a little bit. And, and years and years and years ago, I had all this um, uh, uh, Arkansas... Uh, rock brought oh, yeah. in for uh, something I was uh, a fountain or whatever I was trying to build and it has since grown up and there's grass all over it and it's oh, just yeah. a mowing nightmare so <laughs> so, now, <laughs> so I was stacking them you know getting them out sure. of the way so I could actually do something with the yard right anyway long story short I could not get out of bed Sunday morning oh no <laughs> my back was just like nope <laughs> oh no not happening that's not good but I'm moving around now, so we're That's good. That's great. So it really. How does, does it feel, like feel to be 50? fifty? Yeah. <laughs> wow. You're so much closer than I am. I mean, oh, sorry. Oh well, hey, it's it's all about <laughs> it's all about how how, how old you think you are. That's right. You That's right. That's it. So. Oh man. Okay, but you gotta you gotta um, you gotta listen to this. Yes, we have some voicemail Woo-hoo. for our 50th episode. Awesome. Okay, here we go. Check Let's it listen. out. Hi, David. Hi, Jeremiah. This is Paige. Um, I didn't want to call. I don't have any questions or comments about your podcast yet, other than to say that y'all are a huge blessing. I am so excited about everything that I'm learning from listening to you guys. Um, I'm anxious to be able to sit down while I'm listening to y'all and get into the Word. Um, but y'all have made my drive to and from Plano every day so much less stressful. And um, it has been, again, such a blessing. And I wanted to say thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Paige. That's, that's pretty awesome to hear that uh, we're a blessing. That's, yeah. a, that's a And that we're thing. playing on, on the radio on the drive. That's right. Commute. That's a, you know, that's a good time to listen Yeah, when you can get into it. That's awesome. Yeah, so, that's praise the Lord. Okay, so here we go. Here's another one. Hello, Theonauts. How are you doing today? This is Ron, and uh, I just wanted to respond to one of your older podcasts. I guess it's, I say older, about three podcasts back. Um, one with all the voicemail, and I had another point to make, but I, I had forgotten it. It slipped my mind. Um, in regards to, we are talking about guns and our rights and things like that, the thought comes to me, what am I trusting in? What is Ron trusting in? Is he trusting in God, or is he trusting in his guns? Am I trusting in God's providence? Where's my faith? And, uh, you know, at some point, we actually have to let go of what our regular common sense is, uh, would tell us is, is, you know, the right thing to do in, uh, and, and trust God's providence. We have to, we have to be Joseph. We have to be Daniel. And, uh, I think that's why God gave us that. So we'd have that good example, you know, of course in Christ. Anyway, um, thank you for your podcast and, uh, 
really love what you did with the page over at uh, GCTM. It's really great. And uh, thank you, and y'all have a good morning. Bye-bye. Ron of the Red Oaks. What a wonderful <laughs> comment, man. That's so true. Yes. Thanks for uh, pointing that out, Ron. And, and actually, it's very timely because yeah. our topic today, we're going to be talking about how uh, – Th- that's going to play in. Yeah. What are you? What are you trusting in? In fact, we have to put our our whole trust, <clears throat> yeah, in in Christ. And yeah, that is definitely going to play out. And, and it becomes so much easier to put uh, trust in into ourselves and our own strengths and our own uh, power. And of course, we keep talking about this uh, political <clears throat> stuff. It seems like we just keep coming back, <laughs> right, to the you know, the rights that we have and all that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, thanks for chiming in there uh, about, you know, it not being about us and putting our trust in ourselves and our ability to defend ourselves or whatever with with our guns, but to put our trust into uh, Christ and uh, and go from there. That's right. Amen. <clears throat> so, Jeremiah, do you have any news for us? Dude, I have a lot of news. And now, the news. Man, it has been a crazy week as far as the news is concerned. So much stuff going on. Uh, you know, just a, I'll, I'll just run by a few things that pretty much everybody knows about right now. Um, the earthquake in Nepal, a total of the UN says around 8 million people have been affected are displaced by that earthquake mm. in Nepal, so y'all need to pray about them. Not unlike what happened at Haiti, um, it's just a, a, a disturbing thing. A 7.8 magnitude earthquake um, it struck Nepal this weekend. A quarter of the country's entire population was uh, there. Mm-hmm. Um, the earthquake has leveled <laughs> countless structures, caused massive shortages in food and water, electricity. UN says currently there are 1.4 million residents that require food aid. Nearly 8,000 are injured, and the earthquake has killed at least 4,300 people. Um, so, Yeah, the number keeps going up. It does. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of deja vu, you know, b- because the way it happened for me, like in, in Haiti, is for whatever reason, Haiti was on my heart like six months before that earthquake happened. Yeah. And it was almost like, wow, this is not a coincidence. This is like, you know, he's... He's telling me that this is my calling or whatever. Right, absolutely. And um, and so it's really weird that my son yeah. has been talking about going to Nepal. Yeah, of all has. places in yeah. the world, he's been talking about how I want to go on a mission trip to Nepal. Even on the Haiti trip, he, he mentioned that yeah. to me. Yeah, and, and, he's, and he's been looking into it and all this stuff, right. and then this happens. Yeah. And and he's he's like it is burning him up right now because he wants to go over there in relief. Right. Of course, you know that's really kind of hard. Uh, I lucked out into uh, a group that was going to Haiti at the time. Uh, it was just the connections just fell together. Right. And so I'm kind of you know I'm hoping and praying that that you know if if this is Kevin's call that. You know that that will that'll happen too. Yeah. Uh, of course, right now they're even urging people don't come over, don't right. come over. Of course, they were doing that in Haiti too, uh, because we don't need a bunch of untrained volunteers getting in the way. Right. And I understand that. Uh, but there are places 
Oh, yeah. Where you can still be of use. Just don't go over there and start wandering the streets asking to help. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right. know, the thing is to find a... Go with an organization that's organized right, that, that, knows that, exactly that knows what, what the, to do, sure. and they actually have things for you Absolutely. already planned. You know, so. and that's a, that's another part of trusting, trusting the Lord. We see how God's worked in your life with Haiti, and we mm-hmm. can see how God is working in Kevin's life with Nepal. And, it, you know, it, it may be that... I don't know, through the podcast, somebody could be hearing out there and going, oh, we're going and, you know, yeah. who knows. But uh, so y'all yeah, definitely yeah. Keep... Yeah, reach out to our show. Yeah. If, if you are listening to this and and know of a relief team that needs help or whatever right. going over that way, because I'm pretty sure that my son is, is <laughs> down to go. Yeah, itching to go. So. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah, definitely pray for Nepal and, and the people over there. Pray that God uses this just as he used the earthquake in Haiti to make his name great. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, that Nepal will have a, a revival there. Yeah, so. and as John told us in his interview, he didn't you know it's not that God brought the earthquake, right. but God will can use the earthquake. Amen. That's to, right. to His glory. So um, that um, and then you, you've heard about Baltimore, what's going there? Uh, about the uh, Freddie Gray shooting. Um, it's just echoes of of what's been happening across our country. Yep. Nearly 200 are arrested. <clears throat> There's a ton of rioting. I guess it's worse than what happened in Ferguson, but uh, it's it's just it's really bad. Uh, gangs are targeting uh, police officers now. Um, there, are, there are threats of street gangs going to take out fellow officers and stuff like that. So, I know you would think by people's reaction to this that – Cops are out there targeting people, yeah. and and it's like uh, people don't stop to think about what it really is like to defend the peace, oh, to yeah. try and keep the peace in, uh, because you can't, you don't, you're operating with a bias that right. that a, a cop can't necessarily have in any given situation. He right. has to make a quick decision. Oh yeah, and sure, there are those out there that are just you know evil that that don't that don't uh, have the right mindset, but. That's going to be few, few and, and far between. Exactly. Yeah. And and so, man, we really need to let your uh, your boys in blue know that you support them. That, right. Because I, that's a job. It's a thankless job on the whole. It I, really I, is. I really would not want to have their job. Yeah. So. And especially having to make a decision like that and then ends up. You know, just causing all this riots and whether or not you know it was right or wrong. Uh, you know that that police officer has to live with that for the rest of their lives. Not only that, but you know, and then he has to look and go. All these riots are because of what happened, and, mm-hmm. and so man, just uh, if you know a good police officer out there, give him a hug and tell me you love him because it's important. Um, all right, so what's happening today right now is going to make a huge impact uh, on. Our country, as far as uh, the argument of homosexuality and marriage, mm-hmm. um, right now the Supreme Court uh, has been discussing um, gay marriage, whether or not they should even make a, a proclamation on it, whether they should vote on it, or they should let the uh, um, the U.S. citizens decide for themselves whether it should be a state issue or a a national issue, and this bears great weight uh, on whether or not they decide this uh, because um, this could have a huge impact on our churches and our businesses, um, which say that, you know, if they vote for, we're not allowed to discriminate against 
homosexual uh, marriage. So uh, I have a really good clip real quick I want to play that's just a, a little uh, a clip of them discussing um, what they believe, and uh, it's pretty interesting. So here we the go. The Supreme Court? Yeah, th- these are Supreme Court justices. This is just from a little bit ago. Okay. <laughs> Twist the microphone around. Stick it down on your laptop. <laughs> <laughs> we're so high we're, Yeah, we're really professional. Right? All right, here we go. Shove it on down there. This definition has been with us for millennia, and it, it, it's very difficult for the court to say, oh, well, we, 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 know, we know better. My question is, you're not seeking to join the institution. You're seeking to change what the institution is. The fundamental core of the institution is the opposite-sex relationship, and you want to introduce into it a same-sex relationship. The issue, of course, is, is, is not whether they're should be same-sex marriage, but who should decide the point? Yes, and you're, you're asking us to, to decide it for this society when no other society until 2001 ever had it. But if you prevail here, there will be no more debate. I mean, closing the debate can close minds, and, and it will have a consequence on how uh, this um, new institution uh, is, is accepted. People feel, feel very differently about something if they have a chance to vote on it than if it's imposed on them by, by the courts. I suspect even with us giving gays rights to marry that there are some gay people who will choose not to, just as there's some heterosexual couples who choose not to marry. So we're not taking anybody's liberty away. And so we ask, why? Uh, because certain religious groups do think it's a sin, and I believe they sincerely think it. There's no question about their sincerity. But is a purely religious reason on the part of some people sufficient? Same-sex couples say, of course we understand the nobility and the sacredness of good marriage. We know we can't procreate, but we want the other attributes of it in order to show that we too have a dignity that can be fulfilled. So, well, what do you think, man? That's a huge argument. I you know it's a it's a big thing that's that's going on right now. Yeah, I don't know. There's so many different uh, uh, facets. Oh yeah, of the debate that I, I really I don't know where. I mean, um, obviously, I am not. Uh, I don't think that 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 same sex marriage is even a thing. Right. <laughs> it's not a thing. That's the thing. <laughs> Because who defines marriage? God, <laughs> right. period. So, but if the but if the nation decides to acknowledge that, I mean, that's just one more step in uh, a direction that we're going anyway with with the decline of of Western civilization. Absolutely. Um, so I, I don't I don't really see uh, the how big of an impact this really has. To me, the bigger problem is is. What's is like what's happening over and where is it Indiana, where yeah, it's where all of a sudden you have businesses and whatnot that are being told you have to cater right. to this whether you believe it's right or not. Well, and here's what's happening, David. Is uh, as soon as they vote on this, if they make it a law, that a congressional law that 
same-sex marriages are, are seen. The next step is saying, well, you cannot discriminate against that law. So the biggest problem for me is, and this is what scares me, is churches potentially losing their 501c3 status. Right. Like our uh, our associate uh, our association minister called us and said, hey, you need to change your um, uh, you need to change your constitution and bylaws to make sure there's a clause in there that says that you will not marry same sex right. uh, marriages and, you know, make sure that's, that's valid because this is coming down the pike. And I really do think, this but is how does that help if it's, if it's law, it won't help. It. <laughs> and that's the thing we're yeah. trying to desperately. And well, it, I saw this thing, uh, that on the, on the inner interwebs the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a guy calling, gay bakeries like they were bakeries that were oh yeah. run by gay people yeah and he was asking for a cake that says marriage is between a woman and a man <laughs> and none of them would do it right absolutely. and he kept calling double standard sure <laughs> he was like oh so you won't do it because that's not what you believe right but if yeah but if, but you want to impose what you believe onto a bakery a bakery that's yeah. not you know, a gay bakery. Right, or a pizzeria <laughs> or whatever. And, you know, my biggest thing is, okay, I'll I'll do your cake. It's going to cost you $500,000. <laughs> or I would think the Jesus Bakery would actually just make the cake. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and not make a I big deal about it, you know. That. Right. <laughs> I mean, you can still express your views and, and, right. and still, you know do that but i don't know it's like i said there's so many facets of it oh man it's a it is a pandora's box and a plethora of <laughs> of issues that are coming out of this so be in prayer for our great nation but uh in other news brothers and sisters come together April April 1st, 2015, Pope told to lay off pasta after apparent weight gain. (laughs) (laughs) His doctors are concerned. (laughs) I like the spaghetti and the ravioli. (laughs) So anyways, yeah, the... The, uh, his doctors are concerned with his weight gain that he needs to lay off the pasta. Got an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> what, what's, a, what's a guy in Italy supposed to eat if he has to lay off the pasta? Really? <laughs> I mean, most Italian cuisine is like carbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably American. Communion wafers. <laughs> That's carbs, too. That's Wait, true. no. Transubstantiation. <laughs> What is that, actually? I guess it's red meat. Okay, anyways, time out. Sorry. Let's uh, let's see. There's so many things going on with the Pope these days. Pope summons scientists to shape climate change debate. Uh, Wait a minute. Pope summons scientists? Yes. Now, are these part of the, the Pope Observatory or whatever the the Pope... Uh, <laughs> you know that he has his own... Uh, Observatory, right? That we saw. No, I think <laughs> his this, own scientists. He's having a he's having a con, conference on the Vatican Garden at the Vatican Gardens um, about climate change and if it's a defining issue for our time and 
what it is and what should be the official church position mm. on climate change. Is it a moral problem? What's going on? And so uh, he's calling all these scientists and they're coming up and talking to the Pope about what he should declare as far as climate change. Um, and so this is what he's been doing. The pontiff's action on climate change is the most aggressive of any pope, uh, says John Thavis, author of the Vatican Diaries, in an interview. <laughs> Francis just uh, Francis won't just repeat, repeat platitudes in the encyclical about our being stewards of creation. He wants to engage scientific and political leaders and influence public policy. So... Pope's taking a stand on the science and the climate change. Mm, wow, <laughs> that's awesome! I think. Well, all right, man, you're you're. Uh, I guess he's really wanting to to change society. And then uh, our good friend Michael over at uh, Finding Christ in Cinema, yeah, sent us sent us a more leak Pope news about at the boat about the Pope. <laughs> uh, no more boring sermons, says Pope to priests. <laughs> Stop it! Hey, stop your sermons! <laughs> People are falling asleep on you. Mamma mia! <laughs> he said, let this... Keep it to ten minutes. Okay. <laughs> it's concise to the point. Uh. <laughs> Three points and a poem. Uh. Okay, anyways. Let this be nourishment of the people of God, Francis said during the ceremony at St. Peter's Basilica, that your sermons are not boring and that homilies reach people's hearts because they come from your heart, because what you say to them is what you carry in your heart. Mm. Beautiful words, <laughs> Mr. Pontiff. So uh, the Pope's been in the news all over the place yeah. lately. Yeah. Lots of fun. That's all I got, man. <laughs> Okay, the big five O. Woohoo! So, I know that we did this kind of on the Finding Christ in Cinema, yeah, big fiftieth episode that we were uh, blessed to be guest on. We did do this, um, yes. and we did touch on a similar topic. What was the movie we? The Avengers. That's right, The yeah. Avengers. The and the sequel movie. is coming out oh, this man. week. Yes, uh, yes. I'm going to watch it with your good friend. Which uh, one, Mr. Duggar? Really? Then you're going to go see it with me then, I guess. Awesome. On Friday? Yes. Friday. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yes, Friday night, man. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I know that um, um, we were planning on meeting some um, someone who attends church with us. Yeah. And I guess he said, come on. He invited me on wow, whenever cool. we were watching that play. So, oh. if that's okay. I, no, I that's great. That's <laughs> But I've got to watch this movie, and my wife won't go watch it with me. Right? Avengers, so, no. Sounds good. <laughs> so, so yeah, we did that with uh, Finding Christ and Cinema. That's right. And uh, we talked about all kinds of stuff. We talked about oh yeah, uh, freedom. Yeah. And we talked about um, we talked about you know suiting up and all that. Yeah. But uh, what I wanted to turn that also into what we talk about today because yes. being our fiftieth episode. 50 is a big number. It is, it, especially in Scripture. Yeah, it has a scriptural significance. That's it, right. It has a symbolic sig significance. So I guess te technically this is another types and shadows study. Yes. So um, Or numerology, however you want to say it. Yeah. So <laughs> It's both. So if, if we look at um, the meaning of the number 50, yes. it means uh, renewal, regeneration, redemption, 
freedom, mm. uh, especially after a period of judgment. Sometimes right. 50 is used as a period of judgment. Actually, it's probably the 49 that is that period. Right. And then 50 is the release. The release of the judgment. F- from it. The freedom. Right. The right. Uh, the phoenix rising from the ashes, as it were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Rebuilding and restructuring yes. and restarting and all that sort of thing. Renewal. So if we look at... How at, many re's can we say? Oh. Okay, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So you've got uh, the number seven. Yes. We talked about in one of our early it's podcasts. The number of completion. Is the number of completion. Absolutely. Uh, we often you see 49 used, which is seven times seven. So you take the number of completion, you uh, multiply that onto itself, and you get 49. Right. So 49 is kind of symbolic of ultimate completion yes. or uh, ultra complete. Yes. Over complete. <laughs> <laughs> like the complete of the complete. Right. So if a week is complete, a, uh, a week of weeks is even more complete. That's right. right. <laughs> That's too complete. So, uh, so yeah, and of course, in, in the Jewish calendar, you also had uh, you didn't just have weeks of days; you had weeks of years and that sort of thing. And so often in in prophecy, you'll see, like in Daniel, he'll say, uh, you know, you got this forty week uh, uh, prophecy that happens there in what Daniel ten or or wherever it is, Daniel nine, and uh, so. What he's talking about there, when he says week, he's not talking about seven days. No. He's talking about seven years. Right. So um, so you have weeks of, of years as well. Right. And so... Uh, Completions of years. Yeah. So if we look at, um, at you know, this idea that 49 years or 49 uh, years was very uh, big in Scripture... Um, the 50-year thing also has significance in the Old Testament and the Old Law because it is the Jubilee year. Yes. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about here is Jubilee and how Jubilee works into um, the Christian walk. Right. And it's not that we still celebrate a Jubilee year. Um Although, Although they used to. Yeah, well, and some people still think Pope, we should. Yeah, Pope Boniface instituted the first Christian year of Jubilee in 1300. Oh, wow. Did you know that? Well, uh, no, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, we kind of quit that. Well, and if you do a little math, you can find out, you know, uh, what Jubilee years, uh, where they landed on. Right. Like, uh, like if you use the Jewish calendar to do so, uh, not necessarily a Pope's decree, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but like, um, for example, a lot of people believe that Jesus began his ministry in in 26 A.D., which was a jubilee year, right? Which would make sense, absolutely, because in um, the first thing he does is go to the synagogue in Nazareth, right? And he reads from the scroll of Isaiah, right? And he reads there, quoting Isaiah 61, where where he says that uh, I am now uh, uh, anointed to go into the right. poor and release the free, uh, release the slaves, and to heal the the sick and right. and uh, comfort the brokenhearted and all that. But he ends that by saying uh, and in quoting and teach them the year of our Lord. Right. So what he's referring to is jubilee. Jubilee. That's what he said he was going to teach them. Absolutely. Well, what did he teach them? He taught him the kingdom himself, right? That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So it, he 
ties the two together. Sure. He takes this, this, this year of, of freedom yeah. that is a part of the Jewish culture and he makes it his own. Right. Well, and if you think about this, uh, I, I said the kingdom and I really, um, if you think about this, you, you look at the, the correlation, 49 years we wander in the desert, 50 years, 50 years is the last right. and we come into this freedom. You know, it's like the death at the 49, birth at the 50, right? And here's Jesus going, the kingdom of heaven is here. Mm-hmm. Right, it, yes. it's 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 at it's, hand. It's it's arrived. Right, the time and, is coming, and now he is. Now is right. that's right. And his point is, I am bringing the year of peace. I am bringing the year of freedom. I am bringing the great year of 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 the kingdom, which right. is peace and freedom through me. So really cool, right? And so yeah, so he starts preaching yeah. about things like I'm gonna. Uh, tear down the temple and rebuild it in three right, days. Yeah. He's, he's teaching all these things about the. He's predicting what he's going to do and all this, the, all this stuff. And he tells his disciples that yeah. that he's going to uh, die and be resurrected. They don't necessarily get it, I don't think, because of their reaction. But they uh, hardly ever get it. Yeah. But he does uh, uh, then do this. Yeah. And the same year, uh, we have the forming of the full of the of basically his kingdom upon earth. Right. And so this, yeah, this is all, all of this happens in this time frame. Yes. Which he uses declaring. And so he says, you know, to declare the good year of the Lord, he's, he's saying, this is my year. And so what was it? What is this Jubilee thing? Well, um, let's go back to Leviticus and read about it for just a second. (laughs) And Leviticus can be kind of dry. (laughs) <laughs> but we'll, we'll, it's pretty interesting to me some of the rules some of the laws i'm gonna read it in the net okay um you don't want to go king james here <laughs> <laughs> take us now okay leviticus 25 and let's begin in verse 8 okay and i'm gonna go ahead and read on down to like 22 so that's why i chose a more modern <laughs> okay so uh verse 8 says you must count off seven weeks of years, seven times seven years, and the days of the seven weeks of years will amount to 49 years. You must shout, you must sound loud horn blast in the seventh <laughs> month <laughs> with the shofar, right? Yep, blowing the shofar. <laughs> you must sound loud horn blast in the seventh month on the tenth day of the month on the day of atonement. You must sound the horn in your entire land. Okay, that's another cool point, is that Jubilee officially happens on Day of Atonement. What's right. the Day of Atonement? That's the sacrifice. The, yeah, the blood sacrifice of the lamb. That's when everyone's sin is removed. Yes. Right? <laughs> and then the so, year of Jubilee happens. Right. right. So, oh, so, so cool. So cool. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> so verse 10 says, So you must consecrate the 50th year, and you must proclaim a release in the land for all of its inhabitants. That year will be your jubilee. Each one of you must return to his property, and each one of you must return to his clan. That 50th year will be your jubilee, and you must not sow the land, harvest its aftergrowth, or pick the grapes of its unpruned vines, Mm. because that year is a jubilee. It will be holy to you. You may eat its produce from the field. In this year of Jubilee, 
you must each return to your property. If you make a sale to your fellow citizen or buy from your fellow citizen, no one is in wrong to his brother. You may buy it from your fellow citizen according to the number of years since the last jubilee. He may sell it to you according to the years of produce that are left. The more years there are, the more you may make its purchase price. And the fewer years there are, the less you must make its purchase price. (laughs) Because he is only selling to you a number of years of produce. Right. So he's not selling you the land. He's selling you just what he has worked and gained. He's leasing you the the land. So no one is to oppress his fellow citizen. Yes. But you must fear your God because I am the Lord your God. You must obey my statutes and my regulations, and you must be sure to keep them so that you may live securely in the land. Oh, that's awesome. Um, let's go ahead and continue. Says, the land will give its fruit, and you may eat until you are satisfied, and you may live securely in the land. If you say, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not sow and gather our produce? <laughs> I will command my blessing for you in the sixth year so that it may yield the produce for three years. And you may sow the eighth year and eat that sixth year's produce, old produce. Until you bring in the ninth year's produce, you may eat old produce. The land must not be sold without reclaim because the land belongs to me. Yes. For you are foreigners and residents with me. Mm. And uh, uh, so anyway, uh, I'll stop there. So I mean, there's so much <clears throat> significance here. Oh, yes. And so, so uh, what he's saying is a little wordy here about all this produce and what you can and cannot eat. But what he's saying is if the complaint is, oh, wait a second. How are we going to eat? Yeah. <laughs> how am I going to how am I going to get food or whatever if right. I can't if I can't plant and and, and, and so and so and he yeah. says, well, in that seventh year, he says, well, in the sixth year. I will give you enough to last three yeah. years. I'm gonna I'm gonna triple your produce. So for the next three years, you'll be eating old produce, man. And here's here's the here's the faith issue again. Yeah, they have to have faith that God is going to do what He says He's going to do. Right. <laughs> so he so instead of putting your faith in your work in your hands and your ability to plow the land and get food from it, you have to at this time period realize. Next year, this land is going back to its previous owner. Right. And I can't, I can't work it. Right. And so I, I have, have to, to live off surrender it. whatever <laughs> I got last year. Yeah. And think about this. Whenever you actually sw- start swapping land, uh, now you're going into someone else's land that hadn't been worked in a year. Yeah. And you've got a couple of years worth of produce because God provided for right. you. Right. Uh, but you've got to now work that land in the fiftieth in the fifty first year. You now have to work that land yep. and get it ready for harvest or whatever. And so it takes a full year before you can actually reap, reap that anything. Yep. So that's why God says for three years I've I've provided exactly. for you. Yeah. Oh wow! So this is so amazing plan. How, yes. how God works that out. So, so now there is um, that that has to do with property. With with uh, the jubilee now one right. one part of property that's not mentioned in these specific verses is it was very common to own people, yeah, right slaves. slaves, and so uh, and and before we slaves have such a negative connotation in our mind because of the way slaves were um, the, the way slavery worked in our more modern times right. uh, and how it still works in uh, places that that have slavery. But at this time, 
uh, it wasn't quite the same connotation. It wasn't like a bunch of, of, um, of people that were, it wasn't like a, a human trafficking. Right. What it was, was, um, a lot of times if you were poor and you had nothing else to do, you could sell yourself right. to somebody and then you would be able to reap and eat from their table and eat from, so, I mean, you would be able to work for them. Right. It's almost like an adoption into the family. Right. It, so, I mean, it's lesser. They don't have the rights of the, of the family. And, and the way it worked is, is you, it was a seven-year max. You couldn't own somebody for more than seven years. Right. So at the end of the seven years, you had to release them. Yeah. And so it just so happens that because we're dealing in sevens, the Jubilee also coincides with the seventh year of slave ownership. Right. So that also uh, comes into play. So if in the same chapter... I'm going to drop down to verse uh, 47, because here it talks about uh, people. (laughs) It says, if a resident foreigner who is with you prospers and your brother becomes impoverished with regard to him so that he sells himself to a resident foreigner who is with you or to a member of a foreign family, after he has sold himself, he retains a right of redemption. One of his brothers may redeem him or his uncle or his cousin may redeem him. In other words, purchase him back. Right. Or purchase his freedom. Or anyone who, any one of the rest of his blood relatives, his family, may redeem him. Or if he prospers, he may redeem himself. He must calculate with the one who bought him the number of years from the year he sold himself to him until the Jubilee year. Okay, so the Jubilee year is very important to how much you're worth as a slave. Right. And the cost of his sale must be must correspond to the number of years according to the rate of wages a hired worker would have earned while with him. So your worth is what you would have made had you been just a laborer. Right. If there are still many years in keeping with him, he must refund most of the cost of his purchase for his redemption. But if only a few years remain until the Jubilee, he must calculate for himself in keeping with the remaining years and refund it for his redemption. He must be with the one who he must be with the one who bought him like a yearly hired worker. The one who bought him must not rule over him harshly in your sight. If, however, he is not redeemed in these ways, he must go free in the Jubilee year. He and his children with him because the Israelites are my own servants. They are my servants whom I bought brought out of the land of Egypt and I am the Lord your God. Mm. So just like the property. We belong to him. Right. So a servant wasn't your servant. It's God's servant. He's God's servant. Yeah. And so just like the land is forfeited back to the previous owner, so is the, um, so is the slaves. Right. So there are several things happening here. Let's, let, let's talk about. Um, first off, there's, let's go ahead and talk about this, this personal liberty, this personal freedom. As a slave, this was your freedom, no matter how indentured you had become right you were now released you were given your freedom because it was decreed by god yeah that's awesome so um let's talk about how that relates to us oh yeah definitely i mean and because it's not as obvious enough i mean the the picture here is we are we are slaves to sin right right Uh, and again this is I was just reading uh, what the Jews thought of the theological significance of the book of Leviticus in in what it had to do with the Jubilee. Mm-hmm. Meant. And the Jews are 
they they really do believe that their point is that Yahweh, you cannot serve two masters. Yahweh is your master, right? And Yahweh owns everything, so it's all Yahweh. So you have to be under Yahweh's control, and that's that. That was their argument. But man, what they miss and they see, if you look through the eyes of Christ, if you look through the eyes of the covenant in the New Testament, you see this amazing picture of a people who are under oppression in a foreign land, completely owned as slaves through sin. Mm -hmm. What happens? The year of Jubilee happens, and they are freed to be owned by God. Yeah, okay, so you've got the uh, this, this, this same type happening here. Yes. Because... Jesus was preaching the year of the Lord, right? Right. He proclaiming that he basically is the year of the Lord. Yes. And we are all slaves of our own making. Because isn't that exactly what oh, man. what this was? That's so true. Because we are we are slaves to who we serve. We serve naturally. We serve sin. Right. And so just like um Adam made that choice and all mankind ever since has been right. making the choice for to serve sin yeah. instead of of God and it I mean it's almost like it's that separation between us and God exists because of a choice sure and so like uh Jesus says in uh John 8 and 34 he says I tell you the solemn truth everyone who practices sin is a slave of sin that's right and the slave does not remain in the family forever but the sun remains forever. Hmm. So if the sun sets you free, you are free. you will really be free. Indeed. Amen. So yeah, that's he's 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 preaching the jubilee. Right. <laughs> so cool. That's you know and and that's what's so amazing is is he's going, "Guys, look, look, I'm bringing this jubilee. This is this is actually happening. You, you know, you're you're freeing uh you know, through yeah. me." And so Pretty awesome. So we talked about this some on the FCC show, but sure. what is freedom? What is this? What is what is the, this freedom we get in Christ? You know, mm-hmm. is is that a uh, you know a get out of jail free card, and you can just do whatever? And <laughs> you know, and that's what so many people think freedom is. Well, I get to do what I want. I'm my own master. But they miss the point that the reality is, you will never be your own master. Mm-hmm. Because when you're quote unquote your own master, you're serving something else, something else without even realizing it. You're and serving more times than not that something else is sin. sin. That's right, right? Whether um, that's pride or or greed or name any things that that exactly. we would would tie into that. Right. It's like a blind man who doesn't realize that he you know doesn't realize he's blind mm-hmm. is what it is. And so when Christ comes and sets us free, opens up our eyes, um what happens is is we're free to be what he created us to be. Yeah. We're free to be as he intended us to be, which is in him, serving him following after him it's all about him and that's the point he is true freedom yes to be in him is to be free right and so uh there's a quote here that i i just this is ironic because i didn't plan this but i posted it on on facebook yesterday from the band for king and country yeah at the end of their album i love that band they do this little monologue and of course the name of their album is run wild live free love strong 
Yeah. Okay. And so in this monologue, they describe what they mean by run wild, live free, love strong. Here's what they say about living free. It's not the liberty to do whatever you want, whenever and wherever you want, but rather it's living in accordance with the author of humanity and finding freedom by connecting with the creator who conceived you. Let the light flood into your eyes for the first time, feeling the blood course through your veins, finding the truest version of yourself by knowing the one who knows you even better than you know yourself. Mm. That's freedom. I mean, that's what, what the, this is the same thing that even the Buddhists are seeking. Sure. Enlightenment. Yeah. That's what. That's what this is. Freedom. This is true enlightenment. This is true freedom. This is. and Well, and I always, I always equate it with what is your purpose? Okay. When you go back and you look at man's, what, what are we here for? What is, what is our mm-hmm. absolute reason of being? Um, and I teach the boys this, uh, a true man is an image of God because mm-hmm. that's what we were meant to be at the right, beginning. Right. Okay. That's how God made us was an image. That's his point. And so when I look at that and I realize that our whole existence was to look at God and emulate him mm. and to follow after him. And then we screwed that up by looking at something else and emulating serving it, other things, serving becoming- other things indentured and bonded to these other things right it what what freedom is is freeing us up to do what we were naturally meant to do to begin with to find our purpose our reason for being and that is true freedom when something is actually doing what it's meant to be doing that's freedom for that thing yeah i mean it's just like every it's just like every religion in the world is striving for this yes. even the ones that don't have a god in like the, like buddhism or whatever that right. that has this more uh, even even crazy things like the church of scientology has this yeah. right to be clear they they want they, <laughs> they want, want a be, purpose they, they want a reason yeah they want to be clear on right. whatever that means but on a, <laughs> ask L. Ron hubbard <laughs> right they want nirvana they want a higher existential plane right uh, yeah and that's know, what this really amounts to yeah and it's so and this is jesus screaming hey jubilee is all about all about freedom and me yeah. well think about what the word for jubilee even means oh it means joy Yes, uh, shouting with the uh, jubel was a um, was in the line of Cain, and he was the founder of of all instruments. Right. I mean, it's about blasting these instruments and enjoying. Yeah. Uh, partying or whatever. Right. You know, or whatever, but in celebration. Yeah. Of life, yep. freedom, Amen. and th- these other things that are tied into there. So. Um, <clears throat> Did you have anything else on personal liberty? Um, no. Go ahead and, and go to your okay. your next point. So the, the next thing that happens, and this is the crowning feature of Jubilee. This is like the biggest thing that happens. You know what? Should I put, before I before we do that, should sure. I put Matthew 18 under personal liberty? Sure. Because I, it's really, you know, Jesus is talking about uh, you have the... You have this freedom, this idea of, of being set free from your bondage, and because of that personal finding your personal identity, um, which is allow, allowing you. Well, Jesus talks about this parable. I I just want to bring up Matthew eighteen okay twenty one through thirty five because I just think that it fits so well when Jesus talks about a uh, he he gives a a parable. He says. Um, 
The kingdom of heaven is like a king who went to settle accounts with his servants. He began the settlement. A man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had to be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay you back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Right, mm. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. <laughs> his fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay his debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, went to their master and told him everything that had happened. And the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Uh, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back what he owed. Wow. In this way, my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers. So, yeah. So, that, wow. So, that goes back to how we respond right to our freedom when we when we are set free and i truly believe i i've said this before i've watched uh families and been counseling with with people who you know jeremiah i just can't i just can't forgive this person for what they've done to me and my my response is when you realize how much you've been forgiven when you really get how much you've been forgiven and how yeah how sinful you really are right <laughs> how messed up you really are yeah. and and how much Christ has forgiven you and gone to the links he did to forgive you to be turned away from God the Father on a cross mm. then you will be able to forgive that person mm -hmm. because really in light of your sinfulness it's nothing it's nothing and that's the point of this whole thing. You know, the year of Jubilee is, is utter freedom, and so we should be freeing others as much as we right. are free ourselves. Okay, so uh, so you're bringing up good thoughts that, okay, before we move on. <laughs> <laughs> Have I? Yeah. So, okay, so <laughs> let's, let's look at this for a second. Okay. Um, if we're released from bondage, yeah. uh, remember that... Paul said in Romans, I believe six, that you're going to serve somebody. Right. And he says, if you've been serving sin, now you need to turn that around and serve righteousness. Exactly. Okay. There is another thing that happens with freeing of slaves. It happens every seven years. You have to free your slaves. Um, there's another law that, that works in here that I think is so cool. Yeah. Um, there, it's just the law. I don't know if it's got a specific name. Um, but what happens is, uh, well, let's, let's just look here at uh, Deuteronomy 15 and 12. It says, if your fellow Hebrew, whether male or female, is sold to you and serves you for six years, then the seventh year you must let that servant go free. If you set him free, you must not send them away empty-handed. You must supply them generously from your flock, from your threshing floor and your wine press, and the Lord as God has blessed you, you must give to them." Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt mm. and the Lord, your God redeemed you. Therefore I am commanding you to do this thing today. Okay. So here's the response. Right. You, you're letting this guy go be generous to him the same way that the Lord was generous to you Amen. and let you out. Okay. But then it goes even further. This is what I, I wanted to, the main point I wanted to look at. It says, however, 
If the servant says to you, I do not want to leave you because he loves you and your household since he is well off with you, you shall take an awl and pierce a hole through his ear to your door. Then he will become your servant permanently. This applies to your female servant as well. You should not consider it difficult to let him go free for he will have served you for six years, twice the time of a hired worker. The Lord, your God will bless you in everything you do. Okay. So there's this little caveat to the six year law. Sure. And that is if the guy is so enamored with his lifestyle with you that he, he makes himself a servant and says, I will give myself to your household forever. Right. And at that point to symbolize that they took and pierced the man's ear with a nail right into the doorpost. Okay. It's like nailing it down. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh so the idea here is when we become a slave to righteousness, it's not for a short period of time. It's not it's not like this seven years passes and we're done and now we get to move on to some other type of freedom. This is a the this servant that we become of God is the type of servant that was so happy he gives everything he he has to his master. Right. And he and he gives himself over to him. And it's a choice that he makes. Yes. To yes. say I am going to I mean I see nail my ear to your I'm, post lord. Exactly. Yeah. I I choose you. Pierce my ear. I want to be there for the rest of, you know, yeah, pierce my ear. That's awesome. You know, and that's a a beautiful picture of servants in Christ. Yeah. You know, it's not some indenture terrible thing. Yeah. The slave wants to be a slave. He mm. he desires to serve at the you know, at the uh, at the at the glory of his yeah. Lord and Savior. So anyway, I thought that was a cool little That's neat. A cool little caveat. Yeah. Okay, so back on to the Jubilee. Okay. There is this uh the the as I said before, the kind of the crowning uh point of it was as we read to begin with, it is the turnover of all of the property. Uh, yeah. Okay, now think about this for a second. When the children of Israel came into the land of Israel and conquered the land, yeah, the first thing God did was divvy that land up among the tribes. By the tribe, yep. So he gave them, now this is God's land. Yeah. He divided it up and he allocated a portion of it to each family. Right. Now, so it was in, if we want to look at it in this term, because God did it, it was perfect at that point. Yeah. The land was divided as it should be divided for the people. Now, what happens? God gives you all this, and then you you, you take it, and then you start going. Yeah. Okay, so what happens? Well, you buy, sell, trade, you move over here, you get married over there, you, you know, swap... <laughs> Everything around, and before you know it, it's all fouled up. Yes, you've you've totally messed up the whole thing. <laughs> right? You, you you over the years, I think it's fifty years. Yeah, you you've managed in fifty years to sell this property left and right. People bought, sold, traded. Uh, it's been totally messed up from its right. original division. Right. You've married into other families. Yeah, lineages are getting a little bit skewed or whatever. You got all this stuff happening, and what happens on the year of Jubilee? Ah, let's go back, <laughs> Mulligan reset, <laughs> reset. Yeah, that's it goes, right. It's like, um, um, well, what was the, the movie they just did? Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, 
<laughs> reset. Reset. Whoop. We're going to do it again. Okay. So you reset this. Um, you reset the boundaries, the, the land, everything. Yeah. And it goes back to what? To how God had it originally. It goes back to its pure state. Hmm. How God established now it. Now, what's a parallel there? <laughs> well, think about this in terms of, of of where we are with God, relation relationally. Yeah. You know, God created us in rela- in a close relationship with Him. We had a we we had this this bond with God as we walked in the garden in the cool of the day or whatever. Yeah. And and but because of our choices. And throughout the years, we screwed it we up, messed it all yep. up. And so, what does Jesus preach? The year of the Lord, the good year of the Lord, the Jubilee, yeah. where I am going to reset it all. Yeah, I am going to reconcile you back into God. Yeah. And as it says there in Second Corinthians five, uh, near the end of the chapter, it says, "Be ye reconciled." Yeah. <laughs> this is this is about me. I went to the distance for you, so that you can be reconciled. To God, yeah, it's a full restoration. Yes, and that's the that's the whole point. And not only us, but all of all of uh, creation is restored, is reset to its original what it was meant to be. All legal issues, all debt, right? All everything, all the mess. Think about how messy our our system is here. Think about how much debt the, the America is in <laughs> yeah. right now. Oh, so man. it's like, if we could have a year of Jubilee, man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Just reset it all. Yeah. And it all goes back, but we don't have that. Israel did. Right. So you do have this, uh, this, uh, this, this thing. Let's jump to um, Romans eight, because this ties in real well. Uh, with the jubilee and and how that affects us, okay, uh, and how it affects the whole world. So the whole creation, he, everything belongs to God. Right. We come along and we do our best to muck it up, but He resets it. Right. And so in in <laughs> Romans eight verse He's nine, like that awesome mom that follows you around and cleans <laughs> your room after you've totally destroyed it when you're a kindergartner. Okay, so verse nineteen says, For the creation eagerly waits yes. for the revelation of the sons of God. That's us. Yeah. Sons, period uh, plural. Uh for the for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of God who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage of decay into the glorious freedom Amen. of God's children. So, wow. It says, for we know that the whole creation groans and suffers together until now. Not only this, but we ourselves also who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we eagerly await our adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Mm. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope because who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with Amen. endurance. Oh, wow. So this is... Our ultimate year of jubilee right. is obviously going to be when we are glorified. When everything is set right, when, when we're glorified. everything is fixed back. Yeah. And the earth and everything is reset. New heaven, new earth. And, and, what, and what I believe about that new heaven, new earth, it's just redemptive terminology, meaning everything's going to be made new. We mm-hmm. rise out of the ashes like the phoenix. Right. So cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
So the last thing I had about the Jubilee is a, a concept of rest because you're forced to rest. Yeah, that's you're right. forced to live simply. Yeah. Because what happens? You can't do anything that last that's year. Right. You have to rely on what you've been given that that three year substance that God gave you uh, right. on the, on the second of the last year, you've got to make that, you got to make that last. Right. So what does that do to your life? Think about it in terms of how you live Okay, now you're budgeting. Yeah, because you've only got so much in the kitchen. Right, <laughs> you've only got so much in in the pantry. So you're not traveling really anywhere or anything like that. Yeah, you're not being carefree. You're chilling at home. You're you know you're rationing out food, and you're not doing anything mm-hmm. during the day. You're not going out to work or plant. Right, and part of what the scripture says happens is it says the land rests. Yeah. Because it's not being plowed. Right. It's not being that seventh year of the last, the, the, that 49th year, there is nothing happening. Right. No one's plowing. No one's. So you've got the land is resting. Yeah. And so you have this concept of rest that comes into play. And what did Jesus say? What was his, what was his call? Whenever, oh, man. When, when he says, come unto me, all you that labor weary, yeah, and are heavy laden, I, I will give, you, give rest. you rest. Amen. And, uh, uh, man, perfect uh, tie-in for this is in Hebrews, the uh, fourth chapter, and uh, beginning in verse four. I'm going to read this from. I think we're going to choose the. No, <laughs> the New Century Version. It says, um, in, beginning in verse four, it says, "In the Scriptures, he, uh, the writer, saying this. In the Scriptures, he talked about the seventh day of the week." And on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in the scripture, God said, they will never enter my rest. Talking about even though they were right. coming into the land of Israel, they weren't going to actually rest, rest even yep. though that is the land of my rest. It says, it is true, it is still true that some people will enter God's rest. But those who first heard the way to be saved did not enter because they did not obey. So God planned another day called Today, <laughs> he spoke about that day through David a long time in the, in the same scripture used before. Today, listen to what he says. Do not be stubborn. We know that Joshua did not lead the people into the rest because God spoke later about another day of rest. This shows that the rest for God's people is still coming. And anyone who enters God's rest will rest from his work as God did. Let us try hard as we can to enter God's rest so that no one will fail by following the example of those who refused to obey. Huh. So Sabbath is, is today. Right. I mean, Sabbath was, was put forth to be a time of rest. Right. So that we would calm down and just be with God. Well, and refocus. It's a, it's a refocusing. Right. Re once again. Yeah. So once again, what we're we doing, we're refocusing in that year of Jubilee. Exactly. We're resting. And so we're renewing. We have entered into the rest that the Israelites did not. Right. We now have this rest that Jesus promised, and we'll have even ultimate rest when we're glorified. Right. So, anyway. Wow. 
So, so there's so much here. Oh yeah. In terms of this Jubilee in all 50 years. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Man. And of course that year 50, I mean, there's tons of things we could talk about. We talk about Pentecost. Oh yeah. We missed yeah, I forgot. To talk. <laughs> Pentecost is a 50 day cycle after right. Passover. What does he do? He brings the spirit, which renews the church. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. 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 So you've just got, Oh, and then you can talk about, uh, if the year 26, 26 AD was, when Jesus started his ministry, that was a Jubilee year. Right. We could start doing 50 year math on that and see, okay, what happens in the Jubilee years? Uh, well, let's see. 1776 was a Jubilee year. Really? Yeah. And so that was the year that we, uh, as a country was, right. you know, emancipated from, right. from, uh, or got we our independence yeah. from, uh, an oppressor. Right. So once again, you have this freedom type of thing and it's not huh. that we're anything special, but it's just one way that correlates yeah, it's a, to freedom. It's a picture of freedom. Uh, the last Jubilee year would have been 1976 and the next one will be 2026. So not that that means anything, but <laughs> who knows? Who knows? <laughs> we're going to, never mind. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, Dude, I, it's such a great study, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, the year of Jubilee, is it's a great picture of how Christ just redeems us and and totally makes us new, makes everything new. Yeah, it's awesome. And, uh, you know, it's just a blessing to see. So. Yeah. So starting next episode, it's a new it's a new podcast. That's right. We're starting it all over Changing again. Changing the game up. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. Tune in to see what happens. Happy 50th. <laughs> <laughs> The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go in all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more or to partner with us, with us, visit us at gctnetwork.com, which is newly designed and fantastic, beautiful, and beautiful, and subscribe to the newsletter there. It had a jubilee. Yes, right. it did. <laughs> subscribe to the newsletter there and stay up to date on all the latest from our shows, including our friends over at the Edge of Tomorrow's. Finding Christ in Cinema. There are several ways to connect with us and leave us feedback. Send us an email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. You can call us on our voicemail line, which is 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast portal. And don't forget to leave us comments and rate us there. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. Don't forget to tune in again to explore the vast reaches of God's Word with us. All right. Thanks for being here, Jeremiah. Thank you, David. All right. God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission transmission. At GCTNetwork.com. Commission Transmission. How does it feel to be 50? Not so good. 
coming apart <laughs> at the seams. If I am. How does it feel to be 50? <laughs> laxatives in your dreams. Lax- laxatives in your dreams. How does it feel? <laughs> How does it feel to be 50? 50? <laughs>